The final five, five games to go in the regular season before the Rangers, Molly, will find out their fate. Do they get the Hurricanes? Do they get the Devils? We'll debate it. And we got some good questions from the mailbag as well. It's looking like it's going to be the Devils, but Ranger fans probably want the Hurricanes. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. A lot has to happen for them to switch places, but it's looking pretty, pretty locked. The Post Hall of Famer Larry Brooks will join us to talk about that as well. Answer some mailbag questions and discuss the Filipino contract extension. It's all coming up next on a new episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to Center Ice for a special presentation. Ooh. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. I am the podfather, Jake Brown, alongside Rangers beat writer for the Post, Molly Walker. The final stretch, Molly, just a week left of regular season hockey, and then we get into the best time of the year. It's Christmas for Rangers fans, the playoffs, and a likely matchup with the Devils, although things could change a little bit here in the final week. It would take kind of a miracle for it not to. Many people would rather play the Devils than the Hurricanes, I would imagine, and less travel as well. So Larry Brooks will join us later to talk about that. We're manifesting a Rangers-Devil series. I I don't know if I agree that Ranger fans want Devils in the first round. I think they actually might want Hurricanes. Yeah, just because, look, I mean, yeah, they split the home-and-home series with Carolina when they last played them. But that second game was an encouraging sign that, you know, once once Carolina falls behind, they're kind of they're kind of strapped. They That's just kind of how they are. And the Rangers have been really good at closing games out lately, which is a trait that is kind of new for them. Once they get that lead in the third period, they're they're pretty strong at holding on to it. Um, so I do think that. Fans probably want Carolina in the first round over the Devils, especially after the way the last meeting between the Rangers and Devils went. But me personally rooting for the storylines, obviously, uh, Rangers-Devils in the first round would just be absolutely electric. Listen, you're rooting for a non-flight to Raleigh, North Carolina. I lived in that state. I don't blame you. Sorry. I don't Um, want to go to Raleigh again. (laughs) Hearts, you were shaking your head, Andrew Hearts. You are obviously a diehard Ranger fan. You would rather face uh, the Hurricanes, huh? 100%. And it's only because the Devils and Rangers, it just, it feels like it's, it's, I don't know. It's a collision course where both teams are, are very, very good. And honestly, 
I saw how the Rangers played against the doubles this year, most recently last week, and the Rangers didn't look good, especially when playing from behind. So if you're able to get them in a second round where they're a little more tired and maybe that works for the Rangers' advantage more. Look, I'm in the business of trying to get the Rangers to the next round, and I don't want my team getting completely beat up in the first round. So I, I would happily take Carolina in the first round. Sorry, Molly. No, I, I think you're I think you're right. I think if we are looking at it, at who the Rangers want, it's probably Carolina. But we are in the business of rooting for entertainment. And I really think that Rangers Devil Series would be electric. It would be fun. The storylines, um, it would just be absolutely awesome. And yes, I I don't have to get on a plane to Raleigh and spend a half a week there either. So where everybody's sleeping in their own beds. That's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what everyone wants. Well, the final week, it plays out. The Rangers, as we enter Wednesday, have five games. The Devils have four. The Hurricanes have five. And the Devils are three points behind the Hurricanes. So it takes some Hurricanes losing. The Devils essentially winning out or close to it. And uh, that would be the situation. All right. Well, we'll have Larry talk about that as well later on. But let's go to our mailbag. We haven't heard from the listeners in a while. So let's go there. We got a couple of questions here. and We got a couple of questions later on for the Hall of Famer as well. We'll start here, Molly, with Paul Gifford and Richard Ingersoll. Cool name. Is Patrick Kane over the hill or is he still capable of making a huge impact when playoffs start? It sure looks to me like Kane doesn't have much left. Wow. Yeah, you know, I I would I understand why that's been generally the consensus in watching Patrick Kane. There's no doubt that he hasn't been playing to his usual self, but I think that's also come with getting adjusting to a new team, new systems, new atmosphere, and he has said that he's getting more comfortable with every game. But I look at it as these guys, Patrick Kane, Tarasenko, they know that they were brought in here for the playoffs. Can you fault them for not going pedal to the metal in these last games here, especially when there's all the speculation about Kane's hip, you know, do you blame him for overexerting for not overexerting himself at this point in the season when these games are pretty much meaningless, you know, yeah, it's kind of annoying that they weren't able to pull even with the devils um, in the last game for a second in the division and potentially go on to secure home ice. But again, in a first round series, it doesn't really matter that much with, you know, going to Newark, it's a 35 minute bus ride down the turnpike. I don't really think that that was of the utmost importance to this team, um, which is understandable, but also understandable why why people be annoyed at that. But I think that they're gearing up for the playoffs. I think that we're going to see more effort and more of an overexertion once the games actually mean something, because these guys know that they were brought in to further the Rangers along in the playoffs. Um, so I do expect them to tap into a different level once the games actually start meaning something. Even still, even though Patrick Kane isn't is it playing to you know the type of uh, player that we all know he can be the points are still coming for him you know he still has a hand in a lot of plays even if it's not intentional and I actually said to him after one of the last games where he scored uh, just a weird fluke goal which was probably like his third since he's been here I was like you know, you've had a couple of these weird goals where you haven't even been trying to to put it on net almost, but it's still finding its way into the back of it. Like, is that helping you, you know, get come along? And he, yeah, he, he said that it was, you know, the fact that the points are still there, but he does expect more production from himself. Um, so I expect him to tap more into that uh, in the playoffs. Well, hopefully he is listening to this show and he will address Paul Gifford and Richard Ingersoll with a couple of goals in the first round of the playoffs. And Shut him up. And then uh, let's stay in the Kane 
Subject John Antista and Stephen Palchich want to know what happens with Kane, Tarasenko, and Mikola, Mikola at the end of the season. Do we get any of them back? I don't think so, uh, especially with the Rangers cap situation and they still got to pay Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere at the end of the season, which I don't anticipate to be very big contracts, um, especially now that Heedle's out of the way. But just with their current cap situation, there isn't a lot to work with. Um, they would have to cut ties with one or both of them to be able to do something like that. And Tarasenko and Kane would have to take significant pay cuts, which I also don't anticipate happening because why would it? McCola, I actually am curious. I definitely want to ask Larry about this if he thinks that it's a possibility that they could fit him. I'm not sure. I don't think so either, but I do think that He's been pretty good um, in his role, especially being thrust into a top four role alongside Adam Fox, which he was not supposed to um, be playing. I think that he has really raised his game and done pretty well under the circumstances, um, considering the fact that he was not brought in to play alongside a guy like Adam Fox and drawing those top type of matchups. I like his game a lot, um, aside from the penalties, which he has cut down significantly since the beginning. But I wonder if that is a possibility. I wonder if that is something they'll explore. So I guess we'll see. But as far as Tarasenko and Kane, I don't anticipate that being a possibility for the Rangers. I wish the NHL changed their salary cap situation. I yeah, hate that yeah. a team, especially in New York, <laughs> you and everybody is, else. <laughs> is broke. Like, they should be rich. You have to go fund me for the NHL. What the hell's going on here? Well, if, you, if you look at... If you look at the viewership numbers, if just like the NCAA tournament for men's and women's basketball, they just blow the NHL out of the water, unfortunately. So you got to put that into perspective in terms of the money that they're generating. So, but it sucks. I, I'm in agreement with you. It does. Well, Molly, let me not do one of these in front of your face. I don't want to stir controversy on the internet and break the internet. Let people celebrate. Let people talk their damn trash for God's Amen. sake. It's part Amen. of the sport. Everyone should be doing it. Doesn't matter what team, who you are, let them talk their goddamn trash. All right, here we go. Let's let's keep questions going. Tom Arnold is a listener of the program. He wants to know what cap space will the Rangers have after the playoffs and what are they going after? I guess you can't answer what they're going after, but uh kind of a little bit of I can touch on a little bit of both. Well, obviously the cap space is gonna is gonna depend on how the Miller and Lafreniere contracts turn out, anticipating that both of them are getting contracts. And then after that, if you think about it, especially since Tarasenko and Kane are on their way out, they're back at square one when it comes to looking for top six right wingers. Um, so that's that's another problem. But they do have Jimmy VC. Um, they extended him, obviously, and Barkley Goodrow, although I'm, I'm not sure uh, how much longer his tenure is is on the line, considering the Rangers situation. But they do have these guys who I know a lot of fans aren't a fan of them being in the top six, but they are solid fillers uh, for top six roles um, in the time being, um, depending on what what they can afford in the offseason. If they can only afford bottom six players, then I would expect those guys to move up. But they are that's kind of the crazy thing is that they are right back at square one needing two top six uh, right wingers. Larry and I have talked about it on the show many times about how we've thought that they should take guys like even though Will Cooley is not a top six guy, but start moving guys over to the right. There is an overload on the left. It is just so deep and they need right wing guys. So that's probably the 
tippy top of Chris Jury's list going into the offseason. All right, a couple more, a couple of minutes left. Let's run through these quick. Robert Hanley and Christopher Garvey want to know, does the cap reset for the playoffs at all? Are we then allowed to bring up a spare forward to carry, or do we have to wait for an injury? Who do you see being the taxi squad for the playoffs? Harper for sure, Hayek, Jones, Brzezinski, and Will Cooley. Well, the cap doesn't exist in the playoffs, so they can pull up whoever they want for any amount of money um, and create a little bit of a taxi squad, just like it was mentioned. I also would anticipate a guy like Carpenter to be thrown into that mix. Maybe Matthew Robertson. We'll see, but they should have all those guys that were mentioned should definitely be brought up. Uh, But yeah, there is no salary cap in the playoffs, which is kind of a unique thing to the NHL. So that'll be fun. No cap ever. Ban the cap cap. ever. All year. No cap. Oh, look at that. That's it's your kid's language. John Logan wants to know, I wish they would give Adam Fox a game off. Can you ask why they don't? Well, I can tell you why they don't. And when they might be able to, uh, Ryan Lindgren is supposed to play tonight against the Lightning. So he's going to be back. So that brings Ben Harper uh, back as a uh, as a as a scratch. So I think that now that they have one defenseman in the wings, I would expect as we get closer to the end of the regular season, maybe it will be on a rotation basis. One day, Jacob Truba will get the night off one night. Adam Fox will get the night off um, something of that variation. So but I only expect it to be a game or so. Someone like Adam Fox, I feel like all we do is talk about his workload. Every single time I've talked to that man about his workload, it does not face him. That's all he's known since he's been in the NHL. And I think about it too. I've thought about how they've run this decor into the ground, especially during the whole Patrick Kane sweepstakes. And that might be a factor down the line. It might not. But all I know is that those guys are used to that kind of workload. And Adam Fox, sometimes it doesn't even look like he breaks a sweat. So I don't really think that it um, affects it as much as we think it does. But yeah, that's how I expect it to go. He'll probably get a game off in the last two or three games of the regular season. And as Larry said last week, these guys don't like taking games off. They want to try and play all 82. Joe Galea wants to know, I see many are interviews on YouTube with the coaches and players. I would love to hear from Chris Drury monthly. Is it uncommon for GMs to meet with the press on a regular basis? It's not uncommon. I think every team does their own thing, which is something that I'm trying to work on with the league in the off season. I do think that there should be some uniformity and that, you know, Every it, it should be written in our media regulations that every GM should have to speak a minimum of however many times a season we did. The last time we spoke to him was the trade deadline. So that was that's a big, you know, he has to, you know, it sucks when some GMs don't speak of that. I know Lou Lamorello didn't speak, but that's because he didn't make any moves on actual trade deadline day. Um, so a- every team, you know, it's a team by team discretion, but. It's not uncommon, but I think it's it's depending on how the GM likes to run things. And and I know Chris Jury is a little bit more reserved in that aspect, but that's okay. We speak to him, at least we spoke to him on uh, the major occasions. But I, I am in agreement that I think that every GM should be held to a minimum amount of times that they have to speak to the media, just in, just for transparency and, uh, you know, around the big events that happen a, a, along the course of a season. All right, last one before Brooksy comes on from Michael Docks. After being with the team for a bit, what are 88's impressions on some of the Rangers stars, Zibanejad, Fox, et cetera? What about playing an MSG and Ranger fans' presence at road games in general? What has he discovered over these few weeks with the Rangers that he wasn't aware of from the outside? 
Well, playing at MSG is something he's obviously known about. And that was something that right off the bat, he said that he was super excited to do. Um, and he talked about how how he felt like home ice advantage really meant something to the Rangers because of how great of a place MSG is to play in. So I think that he's really enjoyed that aspect. I mean, the guy's nickname is Showtime for crying out loud. I mean, he was built to play under the big lights of Madison Square Garden, I think. Um, I also have been so impressed by how impressed he is with the kid line, uh, with Alexi Lefrenier, uh, Filipino, and Capo Caco. The things that he's said about them are so nice. And I could only imagine what it must be like for those three to read some of the things that he said about them. And on top of it, I mean, I've talked about how he's the reputation that he had is that he's a hockey nerd. He's a hockey nut. And I was talking to him about Alexi Lafreniere and, and the pressures of facing, you know, first overall pick pressure and expectations because he is a former first overall pick as well. And this guy was just spitting out a full on scouting report on Alexi Lafreniere from when he was in juniors. I'm like, how do you know that? I like you were like a cup deep in your career when Alexi Lafreniere was in juniors. And he's telling me he was a playmaker. He was a shooter. He's giving me all these things about what he was like in junior. I'm like, how did you know that? Were you watching the kid? You know, so I just think that was that was also a really cool thing. The fact that he knows so much about, you know, his his hockey history and uh, the people that are in the league right now, how he's kept up with careers and things like that. Um, and I think that says a lot about. Patrick Kane so that's something I've been impressed with and uh, that's something he's also been impressed with he loves the way that the kids play so you gotta love that hockey historian Patrick Kane as well as future Hall of Famer as well all right hearts I think Andrew Hearts says he has a question a mailbag question as well what do you got hearts I do and this is actually for both of you guys so uh, feel free to jump in and answer whoever wants to go first the New York Rangers obviously a lot of great players a lot of fun players people on and off the ice if you could have dinner with any current or past player who would it be and why uh you know I'd have to go I'd probably have to go with Henrik Lundqvist just because for so many reasons, um, but mostly because I would really like to hear about just from a first person account about everything that happened at the end of his career. And I got to cover him a little bit at the end of his career, um, which was a really interesting thing for me after growing up and watching his career unfold and just catching the tail end of it and how kind of sad it was. And then everything that happened when he was uh, in Washington with his heart and having to be forced to retire and then making the transition to the media side of things. So I, I think that would be really fun. And because we're now both on the same side, I, I'd be, uh, it'd be a lot of fun to pick his brain about certain things. So Henrik Lundqvist for me, probably. I would have said Henrik too, because not really for any of those reasons, for the fact that he's the most recognizable person in range. Cause a lot of hockey players, like not everyone's going to recognize Adam Graves or, you know, Mark, Me Mark Messier, maybe, but everyone, Mark Messier, definitely. Messier, if you're a hockey definitely. Fan. <laughs> but like younger people, like current and past, they will all see Henrik. So like being around him would be cool. Like at a steakhouse and it's like, who's that, you know, average looking bald guy with Henrik Lundqvist. I, I got to know who that guy is. He's got to be pretty important. So I'd be important by association being around Henrik Lundqvist. So got to go with them. And when I, you know, talk to him at a, a charity uh hockey game and he was just he's just so good looking and i came with a blazer like looking fly and he still looked better and i was like the best thing i have in my wardrobe i can't up my game henrik you gotta calm down this is him at a charity game coaching I'm like you're not at a steakhouse why do you gotta yeah. look this good 
He could show up uh, in a paper bag and still be the best looking person in the room. Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He probably got a great cologne too. So we, we relate on that with great cologne and a good smell. Anyways, a guy who has a great cologne is Larry Brooks, our hall of famer, and he'll join us on up in the blue seats next. Not only always about points, it's uh, more the way we play, try to play, uh, offense and, uh, be responsible defensively. All right, we're back up in the blue seats. Jake Brown, Molly Walker with the great Larry Brooks. Follow him on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy. Of course, Larry, right after we dropped last week's episode, the Rangers signed Filipino to a new contract of four years, $17.75 million. Let's get your thoughts. What do you think of the deal? I thought it was a great deal for both sides. You know, a win-win. Philip is, you know, is developing every day. He's becoming a leader. Um, he's an essential part of of not only the present but the future for the Rangers. So it was a really good number for them. Um, a very good number, obviously, for for Philip. So um this was a good good uh piece of business done by Chris Jury. He strikes me as someone that is going to be so empowered by getting this deal done now, going into the playoffs. As much as they always say that it's not on their mind, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're not thinking about that they have to sign a new contract at the end of the season. It definitely does. There's just no way. And I feel like now that he's gotten that vote of confidence, they want him here. They consider him an integral part of the of his of the future in New York. I feel like he is someone that's just going to benefit from this so much in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, I agree with you. I think it's also interesting the timing of, of the announcement, which and, and the timing of the of negotiations, because it's it's fairly unusual for for negotiations to be going on this late in the season. Because you know, players talk a lot about we don't want to. I don't want to be distracted. I just want to focus on on uh, the playoff. You know, the season, the playoffs, and then we'll take care of business in the in the off season. So this probably was an amicable you know negotiation both sides obviously wanted the same thing but i but i but i think it's um i I think you're right i think that that philip has become more empowered week by week month by month um his play his 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 demeanor in room he's one of their leaders you know he is and um so i i agree i i think this this will uh elevate him all right we've got some mailbag questions here four of them. So let's, let's just rattle them off. We got one from Patrick O'Neill. What top six line combination have you guys preferred? It seems to me that Patrick Kane has done his best work with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. Um, actually they, they haven't played all that much together. I, I, I think that's probably, um, the combination that has the most chance to succeed with Kane. Tarasenko has played, has, has fit with everybody. Tarasenko has fit with Zibanejad He's fit with Trocheck. So I, I don't think there's an issue here. It's trying to find um it's trying to find the best fit with for Kane, but it's also trying to Kane needs to be better. You know, I, I don't I don't you know, I don't I don't know that every time a player, and this doesn't only apply to, to, to Kane, who's only been here for a few weeks, but during the season we were talking about guys and how you know how there were so many changes in the lines, but the changes. But it's about on the individual to play better. Kane just needs to to elevate his game. I'm I'm not I'm not sure what's going on. I think he was deferential 
the first couple of weeks. The time for that has passed. Um, you know, I think he needs to make a mark. Um, um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, again, I think the line common, the top six combinations are less important than than how each individual plays. I don't think it matters if Chris Kreider plays with Trocek or plays with Zibanejad. You know, if he's on his game, he's going to bring his. He's going to he's going to bring whatever he brings, and if he's not on his game, it doesn't matter who he's playing with. So, um, I I think you know we've done this all year, focused on the combinations, and and probably uh, probably to an extreme because it's 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 about individual play. Yeah, I totally agree. But I do, you know, as someone who was on the on the split Artemi Panarin and Vincent Trocek train very early on in the season, I have come off of that. And I do think Panarin should be back with Trocek. And I do think Kreider is at his most comfortable next to Zibanejad. So I do think that that's probably, you know, the top, um, at least on the on the left side. Right. I, I think you've got, I, yeah, I think you've got two man combinations again. Uh, and um, it was interesting because Gallant um, on Tuesday was asked, I think, about Trocek. And he said that he thought Trocek was was focusing too much on off trying to prove himself offensively the first half of the year. And now he's gotten back to his game. His defense has led to his offense. The interesting thing for me is, you know, for a year and a half, we were talking about bringing Kane over so he could play with Panarin. <laughs> and... That ended after what three or four games. They've never gone back to it. So that's you know that's listen. There are there are five games left, including the Tampa game. I don't think very much. I don't think we're going to learn very much over these these the last week and a half of the season. Um, I think you know the Rangers just want to stay somewhat sharp. Want to avoid injuries, but I would also be curious. To get another look at Kane and Panarin together, even if even if it doesn't you know even if they're not planning on it in the playoffs, because listen, any team that makes a run is going to need reinforcements. That you know there are going to be changes in the in in the lineup. You know there are so I you know it's just funny that that you know we the the you know the motivating force for bringing Kane here was so he could reunite with Panarin, right? Um, and recreate and recreate magic and and Kane. You know, the first day he said, listen, you know, it might take some time. You know? Yeah, he did say they that. Burn, it, was, you know? it was like a warning. It, it was. was like a PSA. <laughs> the way he the way he said that, I thought that would that also my antennas went up there. He made such a point to be like, guys, you know, it's it's going to probably take a lot longer, you know, than you guys think it will. <laughs> and, and and, you know, they didn't have the runway, you know, so it was, it was over after three or four games and, you know gone to a number of different combinations but I, I you know I I wouldn't mind seeing that just one more time and you know just to see just how it looks but again I I don't think we're going to learn an awful lot over the over the you know, the final week all right on to the next one Jeff Corsello are the days of certain hockey fans calling Alexi Lafreniere a bust now officially over some quote-unquote experts are still saying he is in danger of being traded because of the Rangers cap crunch can we now put this to bed and tell us what you think this next contract will look like? I don't know what his next contract is going to look like. I, I just don't. Uh, and one of the reasons is because his agency doesn't have a real track record. So, uh, you know, you know, sometimes you can learn things from, you know, you learn from the past and you see how certain agents have have conducted negotiations on, on their clients' behalf and 
you know, you, you know, some guys look to make a deal. Other guys are going to squeeze you for every nickel. I'm not sure. Um, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be an interesting challenge. I don't think the Rangers want to trade Alexei Lafreniere. Uh, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't, don't either. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think the, the agenda is to create cap space by trading Lafreniere. I think, I think the agenda is to save cap space by bridging Lafreniere on a, on a two-year deal, but you have to have a, you have to have two partners willing 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 to sign that contract too, and I just don't know. Um, you know, you, you kind of the Rangers have a good thing going. Um, whether whether they you know advance past the first round this this year, whether they win the cup this year. You know, they've built a pretty good foundation here. They're going to be a pretty good team for a while, I think. Um, and, you know, Lafreniere is going to be a part of it. So um, if he wants to stay and, you know, there, there are so few offer sheets that it that probably confuses the issue. But when if if a player wants to leave, he can always get an offer sheet. You know, my my hope, you know, as a as a, you know, for Ranger fans is that Lafreniere wants to stay. There's no indication that he doesn't. You know, but it's you know it's it's not going to be easy because the numbers are the numbers. There there are the space is the space. You know, the space is the space. So we'll see. But I, I certainly don't think the Rangers are are you know Chris Jury's looking at it and saying yeah La- Lafreniere is the guy. You know, we're going to trade. I think I think they I think they want him. I I think they see. We don't know. I mean, you know, it's it's so early in 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 Lafreniere's career and and even goes and, and still Phillips will the Rangers be better you know down the line if they split them you know I mean this is always gonna this is always or, or have they just established themselves now as this dynamic as unit a unit that is is better together um so there's a lot I mean you know there's a lot but no I I you know I I um I'm sure there are some fans who will continue to call him a bust if he you know, if he has a bad playoff. So you know that's that's just part of it. I I don't think he cares too much about that. So you know he's a popular guy in the room, very popular. Um, so uh, you know I I, I think they're going to tr- they're they're going to do their best to sign him to a deal that they can afford. So you kind of answered this next one from David Schwalb. Could Alexi Lafreniere be the salary cap victim, especially with Brennan Othman waiting in the wings? And is Brennan Othman NHL ready? So you can just kind of focus on the back half of that. You know, I don't know if he's NHL ready. There aren't that many 19 and 20 year olds who are. Uh, I don't listen. He He's had a couple of impressive uh, training camps. I, I thought actually his first one was a little more impressive. Or am I am I mixing that? No, I'm. I'm thinking, no, I was about to say. I'm yeah, of, yeah. I'm sorry. He's had a couple of very impressive training camps. And Brennan was great at this last training yeah, camp. He right. was. I I think we I think we both voted for him for whatever that award is for. Yeah, the, the best the rookie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I don't know. Again, it, it's a lot to ask. You know, it, it, it's a lot to ask a kid to come right out of junior and play. I don't know that it would be necessarily harmful to his development to start next year in Hartford. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, a summer for him to get bigger. And and uh, but I but but the bottom line answer is I don't think the Rangers are going to move Lafreniere to make room for Othman. I don't think that's the idea. The idea is to have them both in their top six when 
Crider's contract expires, when Panarin's contract expires, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna need a couple of 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 top six wingers, right? So I think the plan is they see it as Lafreniere Offman um someday replacing uh Panarin Crider. Oh, that also answered my second one from Christopher Walkley. Where slash when do you see Brennan Offman fitting into the lineup? So, but I, I did mention earlier how we were talking about how they need to start moving guys over to the right side because they are so thin over there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's like it's it's like a you know a team coming up with you know five first basemen. You you can't play them all. You know, I mean, you can DH one. It's like in, you know in the old days. <laughs> Everything's the old the olden times. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I, mean, I, I would no. I would. I would revel in, in that. <laughs> I would. I mean, um, but you know, there were there were there were these times in baseball where, like, the San Francisco Giants had Willie McCovey and Orlando Cepeda. They both played first base. They tried to play them in the outfield. It didn't work. So they they wound up trading Cepeda. And and you know, th- this happens where teams just stack players. At positions, um, uh, the Rangers, you know, don't need five top six left wings. You know, it doesn't work. So that's they are, what they have. <laughs> you know, and, and again, I, I, I thought that I thought they should have they should have had Offman on on right on the right side during this last training camp because I think that's where he's probably going to need to play. You know, at least you know when he breaks in. I, I think you know maybe not. Larry talking my language, talking baseball here on Up in the Blue Seats. You can hear that on uh, Amazing but True with me and Nelson Figueroa. If you're a Mets fan, uh, last one, Larry. We debated this earlier. If you're a Ranger fan, would you rather play the Devils or play the Hurricanes in the first round? I think the I, I think the better matchup right now is Carolina. Um, I think Car- Carolina's uh, still um, searching for the way to move forward without uh Svechnikov. It's just a huge loss for them. They they don't score a lot. In terms they of scoring. See, yeah, they just they just don't score a lot now. And you know, I think the Rangers um can outscore Carolina. Um we know that there's going to be a you know puck pressure from start to finish. Um but the Rangers have played a lot against Carolina uh the last two years. I, I think they've played 15 games. Um, they've won eight of them. It's eight seven. The the Devils have just so much firepower, and it looks to me like they're just you know they're playing with house money. You know they are loose. They're having fun. They're exuberant. Um, I don't think that's going to change when the playoffs start. I, I you know you know there's a there's a there's a you know there's a different gravity to it, but I, I don't think any of this is going is going to bother New Jersey and. Um, I, th- I think, you know, for the fans, I think a Rangers Devil Series is, you know, we've, we've kind of been looking at it for a month or two months. And I, I think it would just be fantastic for, for I think. <laughs> 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 for those who aren't watching on YouTube, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm we're rooting. We are rooting to be in Newark for There's no rooting in the press now. box, Molly. Come on. We are rooting for the storylines. We're rooting for what media root, roots for. We're we're rooting for everyone to be sleeping in their own bed. The storylines. It's great for the area. It's great for the tri-state area. That's just it's great for Molly. It's great for Molly. But you know, I, I you know, I think the Rangers might have a you know might you know might line up better against Carolina at this point. But I'm I'm hoping you know, like Molly. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry is also rooting for Newark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Battle of the Hudson. 
Battle of the Hudson. Battle of the Hudson. We'll see how the final week plays out. Larry Brooks, we'll uh, talk to you for the playoffs. Thanks for coming up. Sounds good. Thanks. That was a good solid 60 minutes, so a real good way to finish our road trip and you know have a couple days off here and go back home. Alrighty, everyone's rooting for the local matchup. What a shocker here on Up in the Blue Seats. That wraps up episode 120 of Up in the Blue Seats, our range podcast in the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for producing the show. Thanks to Larry Brooks, as always, for bringing his insight. Make sure you watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Find that Up in the Blue Seats playlist. Give us that thumbs up, comment below. We appreciate your support. And if you're a listener and don't want to watch us and think we're ugly people, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Molly, you are not an ugly person. I might be, but I I won't put that on you. Shut Uh, up, Jake. (laughs) You're flying to St. Louis. This has been a long journey for you. You know, this is lots of travel, little days off, and now the grind of playoff hockey begins. I mean, this has got to be cool, though, like to cover a potential championship contender early on in your career. They went on a fun run last year, but, you know, the hope is that they go to the actual Stanley Cup finals this year. As a young reporter, this has got to be fun despite all the stress that it brings you me and Andrew Arts. <laughs> I feel a lot more equipped for this upcoming playoffs. It was my first length. I mean, I covered the Islanders for both their conference final runs, but one was obviously remote during COVID and then the other one only got out there in the conference final. Last season was the first time that I did it really from start to finish. All three rounds were places that we had to fly to, so I just feel like I wasn't mentally or physically prepared last season but I am this season I I feel like I know what to expect I remember Larry and I were talking about it last season that we wrote 50 days in a row for the last playoff run which is a lot it's a lot of words a lot of days in a row just no time to not be writing about the New York Rangers so it's a lot but it's so exciting you're right I mean, the fact that I've already covered three conference finals is kind of crazy to me. I guess it just was the right time to be working in, you know, hockey media in the tri-state area. So I uh, consider myself to be very lucky because I do know that this doesn't always happen sometimes ever in people's careers. So very exciting. I mean, you could be in like Buffalo with your girl. Who's your girl with? Rachel. Rachel. Buffalo is up and coming, though. Buffalo is on its way, I think. It, it is. Tage Thompson is the real deal. This kid, Devin Levi, oh my God, he was unbelievable the other night. So that's, Buffalo's the team to watch, I think. I guess I can't talk. They did beat the Rangers, so uh, not a good time to mention them. Who has been your favorite celebrity sighting at the Garden this year? There's been a lot of good ones. Ooh, there have been a lot of good ones. I I always love when the marvelous Mrs. Maisel comes on. I'm I'm a big fan of the show, and I think she's adorable. Alex Earl was in the clo- was in was in the uh, the stands the other day. That was crazy. A lot of people didn't know who she is. She's a very famous TikToker. Anybody that's probably 25 and under just relates to her way more than we probably should. So that was fun too. I liked Jamie Tart. Yeah, I still need to watch the new season. Yeah, you do. It's so good. For Molly Walker, Larry Brooks, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back. For a final regular season episode next week as we get you ready for the playoffs. And it's all right here on Up in the Blue Seats. Enjoy the final five games, everybody.